Hey there, welcome to the show. Well, guess what time of month this is? You got it. It's time for the Real Estate Talk Triangle. And what is that, you ask, if you haven't heard it before? Well, that's where I invite two panelists to join me. And they have been a consistent team for years with me, bringing them in. I've got real estate experts and mortgage experts. Tim Sirianos, he is the broker owner of Remax Ultimate. And uh, I got Dave Butler, he's the broker owner of BM Select. So, you know what? I bring them in once a month. We talk about what is happening in the real estate market. Of course, headlines. You know, I think they're trying to shock everybody. And when we hear things such as from Toronto to Auckland, real estate markets are slowing. Yeah, no kidding. You know what? There's lots going on in the world that's going to take the focus off real estate. One, of course, interest rates coming off the rock bottom levels. And so that's always good to give everybody a little bit of pause. You know, it doesn't mean that the real estate market's going to come crashing down. You know, you've got a, a war being waged. You've got a battle being waged with COVID. And now, you know, if you're a traveler, wow, you've <laughs> got to figure out, is your luggage going to make it to your destination? You know, so there's so much going on in the world. And guess what? It's summertime. And if you ask a realtor, right now i can guarantee you they were tired you know what they've never seen a marketplace like they experienced for the last two years so if you think realtors are running out knocking on doors saying let's list your property i got news for you they're actually trying to relax and actually enjoy the summer and that was that ebb and flow that we kind of lost going through COVID. You know, this is the one thing that everybody forgets what the real estate market truly looked like. July, August, good news for you. They, they have families. A lot of people took the summers off and then they turn around. We pump it up a little coming into the fall, you know, come around the Christmas time. You know, we seasonal part of the real estate world, you know, starts to shut down. Guess what? It starts picking up as we start easing towards March. And then we start the whole cycle over again. You keep the spring markets normally hot. Guess what? A little bit early spring market this year. We saw February, March, and then all of a sudden we started have a little bit of decline because the interest rates started to put some pressure on things. So again, you know, cycle might have changed, but I can tell you, talking to a lot of the realtors out there, they're saying, Todd, you know what? We're actually glad that the market's slowing down a little. We want to take a breather. It's been crazy. We've never had a market like this. And guess what? We may never have it again like that. And that's okay. We might get some normalcy back in the market. Yeah, interest rates are going to, you know, have some upward pressure. But you know what? The reality is we still don't have a whole lot of inventory, have a lot of pent up to buyers still waiting around. And you know what? I think everybody's going to sit on sidelines for a few months. That's okay. If you don't have to move, don't move. Wait for it. Because guess what? The market will bounce. And I'm not going to say it's going to go up like crazy. And quite frankly, I don't want it to. So as I mentioned, this is uh, really my favorite time of the year. I do it 12 times a year and it is our real estate talk triangle. And, you know, my panelists joining me, um, they've been great. They've been joining me for years now, guests both on the show and being part of the panel of the, of the Talk Triangle here. Uh, Tim Sirianos, he is the broker owner of Remax Ultimate. He's also the former president of the Toronto Real Estate Board, currently a director at the Canadian Real Estate Association. And just so you know, just to cover Tim's butt, you know what, we want to make sure that uh, everybody knows his opinion is, is his opinion only, not part of the Canadian Real Estate Association. But I also have Dave Butler. He's the broker owner of BM Select. Dave is my go-to guy always when we talk about mortgages, interest rates, and all sorts of things like that. So, um, and, and just so everybody knows, I'm pretty excited because this is the, uh, this is going to be our last talk triangle with us here at this current existing studio. I'm really excited about our new, uh, podcast studio that we're opening up. So next month I'll be going live from there. So, uh, guys, welcome back. Thanks for having us once again. That was awesome. Thanks Todd. Appreciate it. 
Always great to have you on board. And by the way, just so you guys know, so, you know, I, I, I've loved doing this uh, the Talk Triangle with you guys uh, for so long now. Um, our new studio that we've had built um, is actually got a triangle table that I had <laughs> custom built for the actual studio. So when eventually you guys are, you know, free to come in, the three of us can go head to head there. So I, I'm really excited about that. Oh, that's amazing. I can't wait to see it. I got a sneak peek of it, what, a couple months ago Todd showed me, and uh, yeah, looking forward to getting in there. That's going to be fun. Yeah, lots and lots of fun. So, all right, so uh, guys, let's, uh, you know, let's take off our gloves, because there's no point in mincing words on what is going on with the real estate market. You know, um, Tim, I'm going to start off with you, because I'm really struggling with some of these headlines. You know, we've talked about this in the past, that, you know, headlines are very misleading, but I'm going to tell you, just for, you know, just the regular homeowner out there, I think they're scaring the you know what out of people when they start coming out with GTA home sales down 41% from June 2021. And here's my problem, Tim, and I'll set it up this way. Prices are still up probably almost 10% from last June, but this headline is scaring people. Well, there's no question that we have to uh, be more educated and, and read between the lines and the whole story and not just the headline. I mean, you, you nailed it. I mean, we're looking at uh, you know, comparisons of year over year, uh, a month and the, and the month of the year, that is a very misleading stat because it does not paint a picture of what's really going on. Here we are, you're comparing June 2021 to June of 2022. The values are up compared to June of 2021, but the sales are down. And you're looking at the sales volumes that happened over the last four or five years. We've gone from 80,000 sales to 90,000 sales to 100. Um, just over 100,000 sales to 121,000 sales. So we had the number one real estate market in transactions written in 2021. How can we possibly you know, use that as a stat to compare to? If we were to eliminate just 2021 and we looked at 2020 and 2022, um, it would be a totally different headline for everybody. So um, as you mentioned earlier, it's very true. You know, you're looking at um, uh, price increases from year over year. And, you know, later in the show, I'm sure we'll be discussing the price decreases and, and why they've happened. Yeah. And, and Tim, just to, you know, kind of keep going on this a little, you know, we're watching the stats and yet, you know, we're actually seeing some price appreciation throughout this year in certain neighborhoods like this is you know when 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 we talk about real estate crashes and tim i know i know you're well versed on obviously the history of what's happened in real estate we go back to 88 you know when we had really a real crash but we also had high unemployment you know high interest rate. there were so many factors in this you know this current situation that we're dealing with our unemployment is record low. Our vacancy rate record low. I mean, like there are so many things that are contradicting what's happening. Yeah, I got it. We got inflation. Tell you what, deal with the gas prices. But ultimately, in the end, you know, for people to sit there and say they're going to like lose 20, 30, 40 percent on the value of the properties. I just don't see it. And I'm not sure, you know, because you've weathered several storms as I have looking at these real estate markets. We're not in the same, you know, they're not the same markets. You're absolutely right. I've weathered the storm uh, between 1990 and 1995. I've weathered the storm in 2008 and 
weather the storm in 1718 and obviously we weathered the storm and you know through a pandemic of of 2020 and and to today with so many lockdowns that have happened throughout the time and it's very different than those times um the unemployment numbers are different the world economy is very different uh the way people approach real estate is very different and uh, what i can speak of is is this toronto proper for example you're looking at toronto proper which is the 416 area code in downtown where my offices are located and it still had the you know a a, a much better appreciation than some other uh, areas of Toronto and the G- greater, tr- uh, greater Toronto area. So some of the 905 regions have still seen an appreciation of value year over year, um, but not as much as 416, right? So the, you need to get granular and you need to look down and see exactly what's going on. I will share something which is very, very interesting that people do not know. And that is that um, a lot of sellers are choosing not to participate in the market. And even though we've seen an increase in inventory and a decrease in sales, if sellers who are looking at leaving the marketplace for whatever reason choose not to participate, then that's going to much, you know, much more quicker, you know, balance the market and initially start bringing prices back. Um, I'm not saying it's going to happen overnight. It's going to take several months for this to, to occur. No different than it did in 2017, 18. But uh, you just got to look at history and see how it's rhyming once again. So, Dave, you know, I, I, I'm going to have you weigh in on this because, again, you know, t- when we take a look, you and I talk on a regular basis, you know, we take a look at some of these headlines. And again, you know, we can sit there and talk about volume or price. And unfortunately, I think that the media is grasping at the volume when, as Tim had alluded, you know, we, we had record number of sales in 2021, like unbelievable number of sales. And just because we pull back on the number of sales doesn't necessarily mean you see a price decrease. And as Tim had just said, you know, there's just some people that they're not going to participate in this market. Yeah, I mean, headlines are headlines, right? I mean, uh, and media has to sell, you know, the news. And the way I look at it is I put on my economics hat. You know, uh, that was what I went to school for. And for me, simply put, um, we are not at an equilibrium with respect to price, uh, with respect to supply and demand that's going to push price down significantly. Um, you know, we got to remember we were at a spot where supply and demand was so out of whack that price was accelerating at a point that's not necessarily normal for price to start to come back into a healthier realm still requires supply and demand. We certainly, we know demand has waned a little bit from certainly having higher interest rates, but we haven't done anything to the supply side. And again, to arrive at price, this is an economic uh, 101 situation. We have not done anything to date since, since February of the highs to today of now considerably, supposedly the headlines say the lows, um, we haven't seen any shift in supply. We've certainly, all we've seen is slight waning of demand But as to point out what Tim is saying, that has not left price coming down. June June of last year to June of this year, we are still up on price. Certainly what I'm scared of and what I think is, and more so because of what the media may play out, is in the coming months later on in the year, it'll be interesting to see them starting to grab at now the December over December years in terms of actual price. If they're already bouncing and going hard on this uh, units, um, being down so much. I think it's really interesting to see what may happen if we do see sales go down 5% or 2%. What will the headlines be? And I have a feeling they're going to be scaring a lot of Canadians. 
So, gentlemen, we're going to go to a quick break. Folks, when I come back, I'm going to have more with Tim Sirianos, Dave Butler. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this. And welcome back. Yeah, it's the Real Estate Talk Triangle here at Simply Real Estate. My guest joining me, Dave Butler. He is the broker owner of BM Select. You hear Dave all the time with me talking about mortgage interest rates, everything financial. And of course, Tim Sirianos, he's been with me for years now, uh, you know, helping educate a lot of our listeners. Tim's currently the broker owner of Remax Ultimate, former president of the Toronto Real Estate Board, currently a director of the Canadian Real Estate Association. Just for clarity, Tim's opinions are those of Tim, not of the Canadian Real Estate Association at all. Gentlemen, just before the break, uh, we were talking about obviously the the bad, what I, I will call them bad, um, headlines about what some of the media is playing with as far as percentages. Dave, you know, just before we went to the break, you did make something very clear and I'm glad you did. So we will take a look at interest rates. Yeah, we've got an adjustment in interest rates. Yes, I think we're actually gonna hit more of a normal interest rate at this point. But the supply has not changed. And, you know, this has been the big driving force in this real estate market for at least a decade. Lack of supply, lots of demand, even though we may have a little bit of demand, uh, you know, wane over the next little while because of interest rates. Dave, we still don't have that supply issue and they keep pumping in, you know, new Canadians, more people. You know, we got cross borders. Um, what do you think? Well, I mean, it- the reality is this, and as you pointed out, we have a lot of new people coming to the country. Uh, immigration has set some targets, and these targets are big. And as far as I can tell, um, that is certainly not going to help us uh, get demand any lower. So that's obviously why the government has focused on interest rates. At the same time, it's also helping them curb inflation. But with regards to supply, you know, we're not seeing any changes. And again, new Canadians coming in, and as we've talked about before on this show, the statistics that we see and we hear about with regards to Canadian immigration do not even count all the international students that are staying here in the country once they are done their studies. Um, and a lot of them, of course, are staying in Ontario specifically. Again, this is going to have a very hard um, stance on getting price down significantly. The 41% statistic, yes, units is very different than price. And I think that needs to be emphasized a lot more. Unfortunately, it's not, uh, I think, something an editor is going to want to see in the headline. Uh, 41% down in, in sales in, in, in real estate sounds a lot crazier and probably sells a lot more uh, newspapers and click ads. Yeah. And that's a great point. You know, when, when, uh, Tim, when Dave talks about, you know, obviously the, the volume and the perception and, you know, the new immigration, what we continue to look at is the fact that we've always known we've got a supply issue. And I know there's a lot of people and a lot of our listeners saying, you know, yeah, you guys, all you ever say is supply, supply, supply. But the truth is, is that look, everybody's got to live somewhere. So where's that going to be? Are you going to rent or are you going to own? There's really not many other solutions in the marketplace. Yeah, you can cohabitate with, you know, family, parents, everything else, but eventually everybody has to bust out. And Tim, you know, one of the things that we saw, and and I'm going to go back to when you were wearing your president's hat in the Toronto Real Estate Board, was that you saw that Mm -hmm. market, you know, check up pretty hard. You know, you came in in a hot market. Unfortunately, they pulled a lot of triggers on you guys. And then all of a sudden, you know, we watched the market. But everybody sat on the sideline. But, you know, they were just waiting. And it didn't seem like they waited that long. And I wonder if right now, if, you know, everybody's sitting on the sidelines, but 
are we going to see a little bit of a boost in about six months when people say, look, enough's enough. This is the new norm. We have to suck it up. As I've always been saying, history may not repeat itself, but it always rhymes. And that's why earlier in the, in the discussion we, we had, I said we have to look at 2017 and 18 when all those policies came into effect and how it did affect the market, right? So there was a, a, you know, a shock value that happened. People did go to the sidelines. They, they wanted to reevaluate their lives and, and their reasons for buying or not buying. And, and just like then, I'll tell you today, something that you really appreciate that we, we discuss all the time is, is how I do keep my fingers on the pulse and watch transactions um, on a regular basis in the trenches and not report things that are happening you know, one month, two months, three months before. Those aren't real stats and real information. So I want to share with you and, and everybody else and that I've been watching, have transactions not been closing? Have they been extended? What's been happening with the transactions that sold at the peak of 2022 in comparison to 2017? And I will tell you that there's no alarming rate of transactions not closing. Uh, have we had a few? Yes. Um, have the appraisals come in uh, on a few homes lower where the buyers did not have the extra down payment to be able to meet uh, the demand of that closing? Yes, it happened. Um, we're, you know, not to take anything away from Dave's thunder here, I'll let him comment. Were there mortgages uh, revisited in a different way to help uh, make it happen? Absolutely. Um, have we seen buyers come to us and bluff that they're not going to close, but end up closing? Yes. I mean, that's what happens when you see something in the headlines and a time, you know, a shift or a wind of change happening, you take advantage of all those things, but there's been nothing alarming um, uh, that's really happened, you know, and, and again, June is, is predominantly historically the largest closing month of the entire year, every year. And so I'm actually providing you insight from, you know, mid June all the way to now of what's been going on. So we're probably going to see about three or four months uh, of, of this uh, filtering through. And I, I, I can't really, you know, uh, uh, it, with my heart, you know, say that this is going to be a September rebound. I think there's, it's going to be more of a year recovery, um, but we're definitely going to be looking at 2023 and spring and moving forward being much more uh, of a traditional market that we've seen in years past with those pressures again. Yeah. You know, Dave, um, Tim makes a great point when we talk about the bailout of, of deals, right? And we know that when in when the stress test came into play in 2018, January, Dave, you were front and center with a lot of people that they'd committed to a builder and then all of a sudden they had to run through the stress test. There were some deals that fell apart because of this. Being in the mortgage field the way you are, BM Select, you know, one of the leaders in the industry, tell me, have you seen any of what, you know, Tim, Tim, you know, pretty much confirmed he, he's not seeing from a brokerage standpoint, he's not hearing people saying, yeah, we're, we're dumping the deal. We're not going to do it. What about you from your perspective with mortgages? Yeah, it's a, and, and to back what Tim's saying, I mean, what, what a lot of people don't understand is that the interest rate and the recall, there's no change in requalification once you've been approved. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, for those that were buying in February, if they purchased and they were approved at the time, their rate, whatever it was, whether it was variable or fixed, their discount on variable or their fixed rate was set. Um, assuming there was no changes in their personal information, then if they were closing, say in May or June, there should be no effect. Again, approval at the time should be strong all the way till closing. What we're certainly seeing is people that were pre-approved 
back in, say, January, February, March, when the interest rates were lower and the stress test was lower for certain fixed rates, those types of clients now must get their applications reevaluated so that we can figure out their new maximum purchase price. And unfortunately, I don't think a lot of banks and honestly, I don't think a lot of brokers are reaching out to their clients and letting them know, hey, you were pre-approved months ago at a specific stress test rate. Now the stress test has changed. We want to reevaluate your situation. So you're not putting yourself in a bad situation. Um, that's really key. And that's something that we're trying to educate our clients with as well. Um, and obviously, as long as brokers and banks are doing that and taking that type of proactive action, then there shouldn't really be any major, major kerfuffles on future deals. Certainly, again, I would say laziness by your financial professional could certainly put you in a bad spot. But and unfortunately, changes in someone's personal information, losing their job, things like that, not having access to the money they were supposed to, that can certainly have an effect. But as Tim will, will I'm sure will say, this is all normal stuff, but I haven't seen anything that's material. I saw way worse things happening in 2017. And then in 2018, a lot of obviously appraisal issues. I don't think we're going to see the same type of issues here. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting, Dave, because when, when we take a look at the deals and the perception, um, you know, there's a certain percentage of people that, you know, go in fairly open-minded into this. And in most cases, most, most uh, purchases are done and have to be focused on with the stress test, which is still much higher than what the current existing interest rates are. Yeah. And that's the other thing too, right now, right now, today, someone wanting to get, take out a five-year fixed from a major bank is having to qualify at a stress test rate in the sevens, in the sevens. In my 20 years of doing mortgages, I have never had to qualify someone in the sevens. And keep in mind with that all said, we are still having, it's not like the units has dropped 100% or 80%. And certainly with price, it's holding strong compared to the last year. What does that tell you? That tells you there is demand there. And it's funny, you know, I, I, I really wanted to kind of take a peek at the numbers. We were looking at our June statistics and our May statistics and everyone's calling, you know, for the, the sky is falling, everything this. Our particular units at BM Select, we are up year over year in May and June. And I think a lot of that comes down to us going and attacking some of our clients that had renewals coming up. The banks were sleeping some of them with regards to retention on renewals. And we were getting in front of our clients early, locking in rates that now when the bank finally came to offer our client a, a renewal rate, we had it beat by over 1% in certain situations. So little things like that have certainly helped us. But um, overall, Overall, I think it's a really interesting picture that's going on in the mortgage world. All right, gentlemen, we're going to go to a quick break. But folks, when we come back, I've got more with Tim Sirianos and Dave Butler. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this. And welcome back. If you're just tuning in, this section of the show, we call it the Real Estate Talk Triangle. We bring it to you every single month. And my panelists joining me each month. We've got Dave Butler. He is the broker owner of BM Select. We also have Tim Sirianos. He is broker owner at Remax Ultimate. He's the former uh, president of the Toronto Real Estate Board. He's also currently a director at the Canadian Real Estate Association. And just for clarity, Tim's opinion here is only Tim's, not part of the Canadian Real Estate Association. And, uh, you know, gentlemen, just before the break, you know, Dave, we were, we were obviously talking about, you know, things that, you know, proactive people do in a situation like this when we talk about interest rates you know when you start seeing a shift locking them in getting ahead of the curve 
you know, this is this is a question. I'm going to pose it to you both. I'll have you start off with Dave. But you know, one of the, one of the things I'm concerned about is the sky is falling. You know, mindset that everybody's having right now. And if we take a look, and in most cases, a lot of people had some form of five year mortgage normally in place when they purchased. And so really the only people that are being adversely affected might've been the people that started a mortgage about five or coming up to four years ago. But if you have one of the mortgage rates that you secured, let's call it 2021, and you had a, you know, basically a fixed mortgage rate, you don't have to worry about anything for the next three, four years. So there's a certain percentage of the market, Dave, that I would imagine has absolutely nothing to worry about. I had this conversation with a client who's also a good friend of mine, and they had locked in their rate in 2020, about, I think it was August. Um, and so he doesn't have a renewal until 2025. And, you know, he says, how's it going out there? We were talking and he, say, he says, I say, it's craziness. You know, here's what's going on. Da, 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 da. He says, wow, it's nuts. Cause I'm just sitting here and oblivious to everything. Cause I have a 2.29 rate locked in until 2025. So to your point, there's a lot of Canadians that um, are not affected by the higher rates that are out there right now. Certainly people in a variable rate are affected, but let's be realistic. People in a variable rate have been absolutely loving their insanely low interest rates that were in the ones. Some people had a zero in front of their rate. Um, That's never happened in Canada. And certainly um, when we end up looking back over even with someone who's in a variable right now that's looking at a slightly high rate, I can almost guarantee that if we take a five-year average of what their rate was over the course of their term, it's still going to be in the twos or even the low threes, still a fantastic overall rate. So again, I, I think we're in a healthier rate environment, to be quite honest. And I actually think that looking forward to 2023, as we've talked about potential recession in the horizon, or we might even be in one now, that likely will lead to rates coming back down from wherever they top out at. So interesting question for sure. You know, and David, I'm just going to throw kudos out here on, on air. You know, I went to BM Select for my new purchase back in 2020, got a fabulous rate. I'm going to cruise through the next few years having nothing to worry about. <laughs> you know, I'm not rubbing it in anybody's nose, but right now, you know, you, you advised me well. That's what I did. Followed your lead. And, you know, I'm just kind of having a little chuckle over the next few years. And, and again, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, at the time we did watch rates go a little bit below what we had, but in the longevity of this, you know, yeah, we're going to be making off like bandits. You know, Tim, one of the things that I, I, I wanted to ask you is that, and, and, and we'll get Dave's input after, but the fact is, is that there are some, some current properties that have an assumable mortgage. And you can just imagine if somebody had bought with a fixed rate mortgage for, let's say, in the next four years on a property, is that not going to be attractive for your agents to throw that out there saying, hey, look, look at this mortgage rate, we can assume. Uh, you know, it's uh, an interesting comment you're making because we had a meeting just this past Tuesday with our entire team and I whipped out a yield table um, that demonstrated how I used to do transactions when I practiced back in the early to mid 90s with rates you know, being at 14 and 15%, uh, sellers would typically buy down the interest rate to 9% to make it attractive. 
Um, and assumable mortgages were a huge thing back then because, you know, if somebody had a eight or nine percent uh, interest rate on their mortgage while rates were rising, a lot of buyers would see that home, you know, in a, in a much better light and want to make an offer on it and buy it. So um, we haven't seen anything right now in in that uh, scope uh, at all. A lot of people that we've been working with uh, have actually had variable rate mortgages who've been selling their properties. They've kind of, you know, taken their mortgage brokers or guess maybe they've been talking to Dave on a regular basis, taking the variable rate uh, advice maybe, and have been uh, benefiting from it for all these years. So we haven't seen anything like that, but what we have been seeing, and this is something which is very interesting um, for people to, uh, to know, is what type of home is actually selling right now? Uh, it seems that if the house does not even need uh, a coat of paint, if it's fully you know, uh, done in every way uh, up to you know, current standard and shows extremely well, those properties are still selling compared to the homes that need any work. Um, it seems to be that homes that need work, uh, anything at all are the ones that are not, um, you know, moving right now. So uh, again, I also want to add one more thing, if that's okay with you. And that is, we have to take into account that yes, rates have increased and they're probably due to increase a little bit more. And I'll let Dave comment about that. But we also have to realize that we are going to July and August, which are seasonally a different marketplace. And, you know, it's not just buyers and sellers who are taking their eyes off the ball uh, when it comes to, you know, buying and selling. I think a lot of realtors in our industry are actually thinking the opportunity to finally travel for the first time in two and a half years. I mean, I'm one of them um, who wants to get away for the first time. So we're, we're going to see an overall shift away, like the, you know, the craziness that we had in February, March, April. But, you know, it's time for us to take a step back. Uh, reevaluate and look at September, October and really see what's going to happen. So, you know, Dave, one of the things I was going to ask you as well, just to follow up with, with what I asked him there is, you know, can people and like, how easy is it for people to have a mortgage assumed and do all lenders treat this, you know, the same? Because again, if you locked in in 2021, I would imagine, you know, if you've got a really nice, you know, locked in five year, you know, fixed mortgage rate, if you could get it assumed, I mean, would that not make sense for some of our buyers out there? Oh, certainly. I mean, uh, assumption policies and um, portability policies are likely going to start being exercised a lot more in the upcoming years. And this all depends on where rates end up settling um, over the next probably six to 12 months. But yeah, to your point, assumptions are there as far as how easy they are. The incoming buyer of the home just has to be able to qualify with that particular bank based on the details of the mortgage that are left. One thing to understand about assumptions and porting is that the mortgage amount and everything, the legal instrument of the mortgage must stay the same. So whatever the amortization is left, whatever the interest rate at the time, the payment, everything must remain the same. But assuming that the buyer or the person who's wanting to assume that mortgage can qualify with that bank, then that is something that would likely be able to be exercised and on the flip side, if you are a seller of your home and you have a great rate and you will be purchasing another home in Canada, it's very important to know that your bank may have a portability clause in your mortgage that will allow you to actually bring your mortgage with you to the new property. Again, like assumptions, you must keep the legal mortgage instrument the same, meaning the mortgage the mortgage balance, the rate, the amortization, that all moves with it. So very similar to when, and those uh, um, listeners that have ever done a switch or a renewal program with a bank, everything stays the same. So again, as long as you qualify, that's something that you would do. And of course, 
this is one thing I would really urge listeners to do. If you find yourself in a situation where you have a good rate and you're selling your home and you want to bring your rate over, make sure you mention to your banker or your broker or your advisor that you want to see if porting is an option. If they try to tell you that you can't port because you need a bigger mortgage, make sure to explain to them that porting and increasing porting with extensions is possible. Do not take no for an answer. Make sure everything is exercised because I have seen in my history, unfortunately, banks and some uh, professionals not giving the correct advice, clients paying penalties to break beautifully attractive mortgages and then taking a higher rate on their new purchase. Uh, that's not something that you want to be in a situation. In. And certainly, hopefully, this advice and this information will help someone. Yeah, I think that's great advice, Dave, because, again, a lot of people a lot of people don't know to push back on the lender and the idea of porting and then potentially like taking the mortgage whole and perhaps adding a HELOC to top up the rest. If the value's there, if you qualify, I think is some of the, the options that people have when they go to buy. Oh, 100 percent. And the sad thing is, and, you know, and I always say people always say, well, why do mortgage brokers exist? And I would say, well, there must be a reason mortgage brokers are around. And I think it has a lot to do with whether people feel like they're getting the right advice and the right information from their bank. And as years have gone on and decades have gone on, we're finding that mortgage brokers are people that can act as your intermediary, act as your third party to make sure that you're being taken care of the way that you're supposed to be taken care of and making sure that you're using all the potential options that are there. It's really easy for a broker or banker to just write a brand new mortgage. That's simple. Um, it's a little more difficult to do a port and assumption. I think sometimes people run away from that, but, um, for most people that are looking to work with a good mortgage professional, you want to work with someone who's not going to shy away from hard work. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well put. So, gentlemen, we'll go to a quick break. Folks, when I come back, I've got more with Tim Sirianos, Dave Butler, this part of the show, Real Estate Talk Triangle. We'll be right back after this. Hey, welcome back. Hey, you know what? It's just flying by today. I got to tell you, you know, it always does. When we have our Real Estate Talk Triangle, my panelist, Dave Butler from BM Select, Tim Sirianos, broker owner, Remax Ultimate, former Treb president as well, director at CREA. Um, Tim's comments, of course, are his in his alone here today. But, um, you know, we always we always just like kind of go through absolutely so many topics. You know, we almost want to do a two hour show one of these days. And, I, you know, we keep flirting with the idea. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you gentlemen, you know, get, get kicked back, you know, make sure you're nice and comfortable. We could just go on forever. Um, before the break, we were talking about things such as assuming people's mortgages when they have a great rate. You know, you can sometimes uh, work with, you know, blending things. Um, you know, one of the things, Tim, that uh, again, another headline, uh, you know, I do play with the headlines a lot because I think it's better for us to give people clarity because I don't believe all the headlines are correct. But again, they say as rates rise, some real estate investors may have to sell at a loss causing home prices to fall further. You know, I, I and, and, and just to throw that out there, as a real estate investor, um, you know, real estate investors are or should be well enough educated to know that interest rates were never going to stay that low. The idea that they have to sell because interest rates have gone up a little, I, I, I do find the headline actually a little insulting, um, but we do have some people in that place. And I, I would have to say I disagree 100% Tim, I don't know what your take is on it, but maybe you can enlighten us. Yeah, I, when these kind of stories are written, I, I mean, I always question the background of where this information was actually, what research has been done and where this information came from, because 
typically investors are, and we're talking about real investors who are buying, you know, uh, properties that are triplexes or bigger, right? Like they're or commercial properties. Yeah, not the speculators. They're, they're, we're not talking about speculators at all. We're talking about investors, right? These people are very well versed in what they need to do. Uh, they're ducks in a row. They've had their finances, um, you know, all in line. They they understand you know, that tenancies do terminate and new tenants come in. And as a matter of fact, uh, why would an investor need to sell an investment property when we have one of the hottest rental markets in the history of the Toronto real estate market, right? So um, these things I we're not seeing there. And, and I guess what needs to be also be told is that there are opportunities out there that that investors are looking at, that they see the chance to, to move in and renovate and make them better and reintroduce to the Toronto market uh, properties that are, you know, uh, more up to standard in today's, you know, um, offering. So, uh, you know, I'm not seeing anything like that. As a matter of fact, it's quite the opposite. Yeah. And Dave, you know, Tim makes a good point, you know, as, as we turn around and, you know, let's say the market tightens up a little. I mean, we are seeing rents rise. We have virtually no vacancy, especially in the GTA area. And, you know, from your perspective, um, you know, you tell me, I mean, I know, I know for a fact that you deal with professional real estate investors. You know, this shouldn't be something that really has that much of an adverse effect. In fact, I think if anything, they, they get to double down and say, add to their portfolio. Uh, and we're already seeing it. Um, that headline, <laughs> I can share a laugh with Tim on that headline. You know, that to give that headline some context when you, you know, as a professional reading that myself, um, that headline is basically saying for those speculators, that's main purpose of what they consider investing in the real estate market was to buy new constructions and then assign them years later at a profit. Um, to me, that's not a real estate investor. Um, let's be realistic here. Just like with the stock market, there are long-term investors and then there are traders, right? Um, traders are a lot of times in and out, fast money. They're doing puts and call options, whereas investors are actually investing long-term approach. That headline is effectively talking about fast money. They're talking about what in real estate would be considered a trader, someone who is basically buying a call option. Um, that's what that is. And that is such a small, small portion of the market. And to your point, which you got it right before I was able to say it, with that opportunity comes out today in today's market, I can almost guarantee you if they are selling at a loss, there are sharks circling, waiting to buy. There will be a floor and it will be bought. And investors, as you guys point out, long-term investors, people that are looking for cash flows, people that are looking for long-term value, um, they will easily look and buy and they will keep that investment as an investment, not a short trade. Yeah. And I'm going to throw in a point here and, um, you know, everybody knows I'm the simple investor and as a landlord to over 3,500 units, I can tell you, I have never seen more punctual rental payments than I have right now. And the reason why I say that is with the uptick in rents themselves, people who have been locked into their locations for the last little while know that it's a lot more expensive if they get evicted or if they have to leave the existing property. And with the rental increases, this actually is making the behavior of some of the tenants out there a lot better. Do you agree, Tim? We absolutely, we are seeing multiple offers on every single rental 
that we put on the market. Um, our team is reporting to me on a regular basis that they're, they have uh, highly qualified tenants that are just not able to purchase yet, um, that they should be purchasing within the next couple of years, um, losing uh, opportunities to rent. That's how competitive the rental market is right now. Um, it is just the, the hottest mar- segment of the market in the greater Toronto area. Yeah. And Dave, just for the final thoughts there. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> this is interesting. We've got uh, units down supposedly, and they are down obviously June over June, but yet I wish there was some type of central information source to find out how many people have been put into rental properties. Cause I would say, and I'm sure you guys would agree. I think the units are up on that. Um, and again, it goes back to supply demand. If we've waned the demand with regards to purchasing a home due to interest rates, we certainly haven't done anything to the supply. So the demand has certainly shifted, certainly just to a different market, which is now the rental market. Instead of buying, they're now going to rent. So in, in my opinion, it always goes back to my, to my economics talk. Uh, supply isn't changing right now at all. Demand is obviously changing in certain aspects of real estate purchasing. But with regards to real estate itself, Demand is still there and it's going to continue and it's not going to slow down. Well, gentlemen, listen, I want to thank you both for joining me uh, this hour. Always a lively discussion. And this one, you know, a little bit more active than usual, which is great. Love your input. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, to having a chat um, in August. Um, and uh, once again, thanks so much for joining me. Uh, Tim Siriano, Dave Butler, it's always a pleasure. I believe how fast this, uh, this time went by. Thank you once again. Can't wait till next time. Awesome. Thanks very much, guys. This was always great. So that's the wrap of the real estate talk triangle. Um, as I said earlier, you know, I, we bring it every single month and it is such a privilege to have professionals. Uh, Tim Sirianos, broker owner at Remax Ultimate, Dave Butler, broker owner of BM Select. And, you know, it's just, they do have different perspectives, but they definitely are there. They're living this. And, and, and folks, one of the reasons why I think it's so important that we talk to people like Dave and Tim is the fact that these headlines, I, I, I call BS on them because they are a lot of them. They're just used for fear mongering. And, and, and I want people to know, you know, as we sit going through some, you know, increasing interest rates, look, interest rates were so historically low. There was just no way we could have maintained those. So you know, right now, interest rates are sitting even a little bit lower than what happened to us in 2018-19 prior to the pandemic. So I don't I don't want everybody to think the sky's falling because here's the thing, the brick and mortar, we can't replace it. Labor costs are, are up. It doesn't matter what inflation does. Even if inflation goes down, our labor costs are up. Our material costs are up. Right now, brick and mortar value is what it is. So I don't see a huge crash coming down the pipe. And if everybody is sitting there saying, yeah, Todd, you're just a real estate guy, Truth is, I'm a realist. I've been focusing on this for the last 30 years. And when I take a look at this, it's really hard to say that we're going to see a massive adjustment. Can things adjust a little, a little bit here and there? They sure can. But is there, is this going to be long term? I highly doubt it. And so if you want to wait, wait it out six months from now. If you want to hop back in the market, probably going to be a great time. 
Anyways, speaking of time, it looks like I'm running out of it. And I do want to thank you for listening to me this Sunday, as usual. Um, I want to thank Ian Grant. He does keep it simple for me. He has been my producer now for, I think we're coming up almost to 10 years. And it's always been a pleasure being able to work with him on the show. And I want to thank you. You keep making us the number one real estate talk show. And you know what? It's just, it makes a lot of fun. So again, next Sunday, I'll be back. But I am your host, Todd C. Slater. You've been listening to Simply Real Estate right here on News Talk 1010 Toronto.